there's just sometimes it's just I should have shut up. Oh, come on. All right, so 2018. How are we feeling about 2018? So we're like two solid, well, 13 days in. We got to see what today holds. How are we feeling about 2018? Good. Folks, it's going to be a weird year. I just, I got a feeling it's going to be odd. Um, you know, th this morning we're talking about uh, perfection and guilt. And uh, I hope what you come away with is that uh, seeking after perfection is, is not necessarily a good thing. It's not necessarily beneficial for your life. Me personally, I don't insist on perfection from other people, except uh, I, I think it's fair for myself and for all of us to insist that our doctor be kind of perfect. You know, I, there's a lot of people in my life who get it wrong, not the doctor. Uh, my mechanic, bro, just get it right the first time. I shouldn't be hearing the same noise once I drove away and paid you 200 bucks. Um, I insist, I insist on perfection from the guy that makes my pizza. Don't get my pizza wrong. And don't cook anything on my pizza next to the onions, because I don't even like the, the, that holdover onion flavor. That's just weird. And, uh, and I think we can all agree that it is not too much to insist on perfection from the guy that sends out the nuclear missile is coming warnings. It just seems fair to me that that guy, you have one job, send the message when you should, not when you shouldn't. And as a corollary to that, I guess we could insist on um, whoever the guy is with his finger on the button. Should, there should be some perfection there. But that, I don't want to get down there. I, I couldn't help wondering, as, uh, as I'm thinking about other things this morning, what was bar attendance like in Hawaii last night? I mean, I'm serious. And, and, and I'm, I mean, I'm kind of serious. Was it way up or was it way down? Did you have all those people who, in that 38 minutes, made those promises to God? <laughs> Dear God, I'll never drink again. And then this morning, what was church attendance like? Was it way up because everybody who made those deals with God showed up? Or was it way down because bar attendance was way up? I, it's just, it's weird. I don't know. I wonder about stuff like that. Uh, so 2018, we're in, we're started. I... I don't get all weird and, and jacked up about the new year. You know, it, it's, it's a new year full of new possibilities. It's, no, it's, it's kind of a continuation of the same years you've been going through. And the only thing we can really hope for to be new is us. And, uh, and to that end, a few years ago, I started uh, kind of taking... Uh, like the last week of, of, uh, of December, the first week of January, to sort of, you know, do, a, do a, some house cleaning, do some housekeeping. Um, you know, initially it started in, in um, you know, kind of take the old year and, and sort through it, work out what it's got for me, and then kind of file it away, and then start the new year with some new stuff. Started out with New Year's resolutions, which are stupid. I mean, they're just dumb. Um, and, and I'm going to tell you why. It's not just dumb because they're dumb, but they're dumb because the whole premise of a New Year's resolution is strictly a pass-fail. I mean, it's, it's a black and either you did it or you didn't do it. And even if you're doing it, the second you didn't do it, 
you boom, you're done. You, you failed at your resolution. And then I, I did that for a couple years, and, and it was just, it, it was sort of judgy. It was, it, was, it was like reaching for perfection. You either did it or you didn't. You were, you were good enough to be this new person you wanted to be or not. And, and so a couple years ago, maybe three years ago, I sort of transitioned from setting resolutions to setting goals. And goals I like much better because they're much more forgiving. Because, because a goal, uh, the whole premise behind that is it's a process. It's a journey. It's an understanding that in going after this goal, there will be setbacks. There will be failures. I will fall down, but I will get back up and I will go after it again, as opposed to a resolution where I've just flat failed and broken it. And so one of the things I like to do in this new year, I particularly like the last couple of years is on New Year's Day, uh, I like to go to Kaladi's. Because one, regardless of how you spend New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, you got to start with some coffee. Um, I'm one of those, I, I don't even know why I insist on staying up for the midnight, the rah-rah. They don't even account for us on TV anymore. They won't even rebroadcast the good show. You get like the after party. I mean, it's like, 11.59, and you're seeing the guys with the brooms in Times Square, and I'm like, how, how tough is it to just hit the rewind, man? I could do it on my, DVD, my DVR. I just need to record the live feed and then go back and watch it later. I'm going to write that down later. But uh, I like to go to Kaladi's and, and on, uh, on New Year's Day because uh, I need the coffee, but two, Kaladi's does this thing where like 100% of their proceeds on New Year's Day get given to some organization that needs help. Um, this year, a couple weeks ago, uh, all the money they made on New Year's Day went to Awake, a women's, uh, yes, abused women's aid in crisis. And uh, they ended up cutting a check for like $64,000, which is cool. And, and I, uh, $2.50 of that was mine. Yeah, I helped. Um, but, you know, and, and now the flip side of that is trying to sit and do anything useful and productive in Kaladi's in that moment is insane because it's never that crowded and everybody's there and they have people wandering around to help you. And I'm like, help me by going away. They have news crews and stuff. And I'm like, I just want to start my year. Um, but what I've taken to doing is, is and then I, I review my goals. I review the goals I set for myself, and how did I do? And I used to do either. I mean, it was a strict pass-fail. Did I achieve the goal or not? And the last couple years, I found myself, more often than not, getting a big X mark. No, I didn't hit that goal. No, I, I failed. And that's, it, there's, no, there's no optimism in that. That's not the way I want to start the year. And so I sat down to do my annual review, my wonderful cup of coffee, and it suddenly occurred to me, you know what, this year, I'm gonna evaluate myself on a five-star system instead of a pass or fail. And it was so inspiring, because once I recast it like that, I, I could see myself, I see, you know, in, in this category, I was I got like four stars on this. Here, I got three and a half stars. That thing, oh, that's just next. I don't even get a half star on that. But at the end of the process, there was hope and there was optimism because I could see, you know what, I didn't hit the goal, but I made progress. I was on the journey and I was getting there. 
and I was growing as a person because a couple years ago, this would have been a two-star, and now I got a four-star. And see, that's the problem we run into when we live a life where we're going after perfection is that it's a pass-fail, and perfection leaves no room for progress. It leaves no room for growth. And it leaves no room for grace. See, see, once you put perfection aside, then there's that wiggle room for the unmerited favor of God to play its part and go, yeah, you know what? I didn't get there, but I got closer. I was better, I'm, and I'm better because of it. And too many of us are living in that paradigm of, of trying to go after whatever in our mind or in somebody else's mind or somebody else's words are, are this paradigm of perfection. The I need to have value as a human being, I need to be this, I need to do this, I need to get here. And too often, we run into failure. And the pursuit of perfection has nothing but negative consequences in one of two ways. If you have your Bible, and you'd like, if you go with me, let's take a look at Luke 18, chapter 18, verse 9. Um, and I'm not sure, I'm not sure this is generally how you get this scripture, but I think it applies. And just realize that as I share this with you, potentially, if you are one of these perfection seekers, you are both people in this story. So go with me here. Luke 18, chapter 9, uh, verse 9. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I get. I am just stinking awesome. It's a paraphrase from the Greek. See, this is what happens in the pursuit of perfection. One, if, in some small measure, you are making the perfection happen, you, you yourself, alone on this journey, are making perfection happen, pride enters into that picture. And you start to think about, man, look how good I am. And again, I want to, not again, because I haven't said it yet, but I want to make a distinction here between being proud and being prideful. If you are going through life and you are pleased with what you're doing and, and you, have, you have made progress and good things are happening in your life, you can be proud of that. But it's that moment when all of a sudden you think all that progress and all that good stuff is all solely in your hands. That's pride. And see, that's the, one of the problems with the pursuit of perfection is once that pride sets in, you have just started putting bricks in that wall between you and God. Because in perfection, in pride, there is no room for God. The second you start even thinking, I've got this handled, God says, well, clearly you don't need me. Let me get out of your way. 
So the pursuit of perfection leads to pride, and that's not a good thing. Next, the pursuit of perfection, man, it makes you so goal-oriented, so focused on that thing that the people around you become tools or obstacles. And you begin to treat, as the scripture said, others with contempt. This guy, this guy, man, this guy can help me get where I need to be. This guy just became a thing in your process, not a person. Well, this man, if it wasn't for this guy, if it wasn't for this guy I work with, if it wasn't for this guy I work for, if it wasn't for my wife, if it wasn't for my husband, if it wasn't for my kids, I could, man, I could be doing so much better than I already am. And even if you never say it, once that thought's in there, you begin to develop contempt for those around you. That's what perfection leads to. So that's now two reasons why perfection's no good. And maybe, maybe in your pursuit of perfection, you, you look and you, in your heart of hearts, in that deep down quiet place you don't want to talk about, you look at that and you go, that's okay. I can't live with that. Here's where most people generally run into the wall. In your pursuit of perfection, you are going to fail. And when you do, you are going to find yourself curled up on the ground in a fetal position, trying to understand how it all went wrong. And then all of a sudden there's room for God. Oh, God, how did I get this wrong? Oh, God, how did I mess this up? Oh, God, what happened? Things were going so well. And you find yourself falling. And then, then that pursuit of perfection starts this vicious cycle that there's no escape from. Because once you're on the ground, once you're looking at, man, if, if only I had been fill in the blank. If only I was more fill in the blank. Then you begin to pursue that thing. All right, you know what? This time, in this resolution I've made, I am going to be more this. And so you start going after that, and you start getting better, and you start getting more into perfection, and then you fall again. And then you're like, okay, I can do it this time if I'm just more whatever. And you can't be. And perfection, and the pursuit of per perfection will eat you for lunch every time. And see, I told you, also, you could be the flip side of the story. Where is that? But the tax collector, standing far off, and typically, the tax collector is held up as, as the right example in this story. The tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And that is not a bad, to stand before the God of heaven and say, Father, I am a sinner, I am fallen, I make mistakes, and I need you. I need your help, I need your forgiveness, I need your grace, and I need your mercy. That's not a bad thing. We should find ourselves living in that condition every day. But see, for some of us, it goes that next step. God, I'm just not good enough. If only I could be better, God. And we begin to then not just confess our failures, but we begin to belittle God's creation. 
And we begin to view his creation, we begin to view this person as, as flawed, as broken, as God having made a mistake. Oh God, why didn't you just make me like, like that person over there? God, why didn't you just make me more whatever? God, why do I have to be like this? And all of a sudden, in our pursuit of perfection and failing to attain it, we start to look at what God made us to be, and we say, God, you made a mistake. You really messed up when you made me. And what does that do to your relationship with God? How is that beneficial? To look at your Father in heaven, the God of all creation, and say, you made junk in this one. our pursuit of perfection and if that's you if you sit here this morning and what I'm saying rings a bell and you go you know what yeah you look at the situation you're currently in and you go you know what if, if only I was more whatever I wouldn't be where I am now if only God had made me like this I wouldn't be like this And I want to tell you, I want to tell you right now, if that is you, stop it. And if that's you, and I say stop it, you look at me and go, yeah, easy for you to say. And I tell you, no, not easy for me to say, because that is me. As I say these words to you, I 100% in my heart of hearts believe it's true for you, and yet I can't quite seem to grab hold of them for myself. I look back over the landscape of my life, and as I review it, as I see where I've been and where I've come from, I see there's been good, and I see there's been blessing, and I see God has walked with me. But all those moments that were hard, where I failed, where things didn't go right, in the landscape, those stick up just a little bit higher. And in each and every one of those moments, I look back on those and I say, God, in that moment, if only I'd been, I'd been smarter. God, in that moment, if only I'd been stronger. God, if only I'd been, I'd been, I'd been smarter or I'd been more talented or I'd been more gifted. God, if only I had worked harder. God, if only I was better than what I am. And that is me all day, every day. And folks, you don't want to live in that. Because when you have those thoughts, those are not your thoughts. Those are not God's thoughts. Those are thoughts straight from the pit of hell designed to bring death to your life. And that is not where God wants you to live. That is not what God wants for you. And that is what the pursuit of perfection leads to. Death. Despair. Contempt. Pity. God doesn't want that for you. Why would you want it for yourself? And a few years ago, a few years ago, 
there was a constant tirade of, God, help me be better. God, help me be better. God, help me be smarter. Help me be more talented. God, help me do better. Help me be a better person. But you know what? When you let go of that pursuit of perfection, there's room for progress and growth. And there's room for grace. And by God's grace and God's grace alone, I moved to a place where I haven't, I haven't been able to get rid of those things. I haven't been able to get rid of that voice in my head saying, why can't I be better? But I am in a place where God's voice is just a little bit louder than those other voices. And if that's you, this is what God wants you to know. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. If you let go of this idea that I can be better, I can be smarter, I can be more whatever, then there's room for God to work his way in. For God to start raining grace in your life. For God to start whispering. And it'll be a whisper at first because those voices are so loud. It's really hard to hear what God's saying to you. But there's room for God to just start whispering. You are so good. You are so loved. You are ex you're not exactly what I want you to be, but you're getting there. And we're moving together. And I'm at work in you. And I'm at work in your life. And I'm so happy with who you are, and I love you so much. And like I said, I haven't gotten rid of those voices yet, but now when those voices come, I'm really quick to go, that's a lie. That's not true. That's not what God wants for me. That's not what God's saying to me. And so here we are in this series called It's Okay to Not Be Okay. And folks, I am not okay. But I would venture to say, not a one of us in this room is. But, and I can't even believe I'm going to say this, cats ignite, but there's grace. There is room for God's grace in this. Yes, you are not perfect. Yes, you are not going to be perfect. Yes, you are broken and you are not okay. And that's okay because God is not going to leave you there. If you let him, if you make room, God is going to come in every day. He's going to kick that door open first thing in the morning. And he's going to say, it's like he's a personal trainer with keys to your house. And he's going to bust in that front door at 5 a.m. And he's going to go, all right, let's do this. What kind of garbage are you dealing with today? And the first bit of garbage he's going to deal with is your thoughts. Because once you get your thinking right, everything else is a cakewalk. Once you get that voice in your head that sounds an awful lot like you, out of the way, God says, we can do some stuff. You are not okay and that's okay. And God is here to help you be okay. But it is up to you to say, okay, God, here I am.
And I so, so desperately wanted to show the, the skit guys the God's Chisel video, but we just ran it like two weeks ago and it's too soon. But if you remember, because we've seen it enough, and, and, every time I watch that video, still, we've been running that video for a couple years now. Every time, when it gets to the end, I find myself in tears. When Tommy's standing there going, you don't know. You don't know what's in here. You don't know the scared little kid who's making it up as he goes along and doesn't know what he's doing. And every time I cry because I go, yeah, Tommy, I know. I'm right there with you. And fortunately, so is God. Would you stand with me as we close in prayer? Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May you go from this place in peace and in love. May we each focus our eyes on God, not in the pursuit of perfection. Because in this world, perfection cannot be attained. And in God, perfection is not needed. And as you go through this week, May you live your life in such a way. May you give yourself over to him. May you make your thoughts to be, Father, help me to see as you see. And help me to live in your presence. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.